This is MuggleCast, the Harry Potter podcast discussing everything about J.K. Rowling's wizarding world. This week's episode is brought to you by Casper Mattresses, used by me and Micah. Visit casper.com slash MuggleCast and enter code MuggleCast to save $50 on your order. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 336. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Micah. Coming off of our live episode last week, which was a lot of fun, down in Orlando. Florida now facing a hurricane. Our thoughts our thoughts are with everybody down there. Yeah. As you ride it out, we're recording Sunday afternoon as it, as it cometh. Yeah. I know we have a lot of uh, listeners down there that we met, actually, uh, last week and uh, also in Houston. I know um, we probably didn't mention that on previous episodes, but uh, obviously, as you said, Andrew, um, our thoughts are with them and stay safe. Yeah. Busy hurricane season. Anyway, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about magical transportation in the wizarding world. We've been doing these broader subjects, and this is going to be our next one, grading the various um, options, looking at the pros and cons of each. We have a couple good voicemails to play. We've got some reaction to a couple of our most recent episodes. But first, some news. Yeah. Um, September 1st. Came and went. We did our live episode down at MuggleNet Live on September 1st. I was hyping up Cursed Child doing something. And nothing happened. <laughs> and as I said during our live show, they disappoint yet again. Not only was oh, the original zing. the original writing and story and plot a massive disappointment, now they go out and they put up a stage outside of the theater in London, and from what I can tell, they did absolutely nothing. So, so we're sure about this. There was nothing on that stage all day? Well, apparently it wasn't a stage. It was like construction for stuff underneath the, uh, oh the ground. God. But it looks like a stage, so I'm very confused. What so you lied, There were Andrew. trusses. I saw trusses. Maybe, you know what it is? Lie. Maybe they messed up the timeline. Maybe there was something there, and somebody, all the time turners that are loose, something went back and prevented it from going on. That honestly makes the most sense. So let's go with that I one. just saw them okay. cut a big Hogwarts Express cake. Yes, they did celebrate. They had a Hogwarts Express cake. and uh, That seems yummy. They all wore 19 Years Later shirts. And like I said at the in the live episode, um, they were selling 19 Years Later shirts, which is cool. And I think yeah. it was just that day, one day only. Huh. Um, but actually, in other Cursed Child news, if you walk into Times Square now, you will see a giant Cursed Child banner up um, promoting the spring 2018 opening on Broadway. I cracked up at it because <laughs> it's like three posters and one of them says very large, keep the secrets. And I'm like, doesn't everybody know what happens at this point? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why that's still a thing. And somebody was arguing, well, it's more about the stage surprises. Mm. As opposed to, it's not about the plot. It's about this, what you actually see on stage that they want to keep secret. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, but I think you would still be surprised with your own eyes because you're like, whoa, how is this happening? Mm. Yeah, th- I don't know. That's the wrong marketing considering the book was like the script is out and real Harry Potter fans. It, it's just it, you can use a hashtag but not make it keep the secrets. That just that's mm-hmm. it's that that points to something else. That's not really what they want to be saying. Here. Another disappointment. Hashtag we're not releasing it 
in the movie theaters anytime soon, please yeah. come see the play. Yeah, exactly. Perfect hashtag. <laughs> in a couple of weeks, by the way, in about three or four weeks, tickets will be going on sale through Ticketmaster's verified fan program. And I actually recently had experience dealing with Ticketmaster verified fans. So in the weeks ahead, to get everybody ready, I will give you a primer on what to expect for that. Thank you. If you oh. are trying to get I tickets. thought you were no going to order tickets for everybody listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> and the first 10 listeners to call in are going to get free tickets <laughs> to Chris Child. You're a verified fan. That's a pretty big deal. Keep the secrets is the phrase that pays. I'm a verified fan for Bruce Springsteen only. You I have to your get calling as a radio DJ. <laughs> I need to get re-verified for Curse Child, but I'll explain all that for everybody uh, in the weeks ahead. Tickets go on sale October 12th, but registration to have the chance to get tickets takes place October 1st through the 5th. Okay. Anyway, uh, I saw Warwick Davis was at King's Cross for September 1st. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. What was he doing there? Did he just show up, or was it like an official thing? He plays Flitwick and Grip Hook in the movies. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, it was official. He was there and greeted fans. He he took the train. So it just, to Hogsmeade, what what took the to, train to where? Hogwarts, where did he go? Of course, come on to Hogwarts. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So this is an article from Metro. It says he joins Harry Potter fans as they celebrate nineteen years later. A lot of people showed up at that King's Cross for that. That was really cool. He arrived on a Segway. He visited. There was just a horde of a massive of, of fans. Oh, at eleven o'clock. So he 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 joined them on the eleven hundred train from King's Cross Station. Nice. There you go. On That's a Segway. Cool. I I want to see that. I got to check out that picture. Yeah. On a Segway. Yeah, showed up on a. It's the best way to cut through crowds like that. You should see the photo of like. All the people on the on the the balcony above, or not the balcony, but like the the gangway, and the yeah. Anyway, I would have I would have also gotten a say. I've never ridden a Segway. They do tours in Chicago, Andrew. We should go. Eh, they look dangerous. <laughs> that guy who invented the Segway died. I think while that's on an segway. urban legend. I don't think no, that's it's real. true. It's oh, really? true. Yeah, it happened huh. like last year. Huh. Anyway, Micah, we we decided to ask people what they did for September first, right? Yeah, we did. Um, we put out the question on Twitter to ask listeners what they were doing on September 1st. And uh, a couple of people uh, tweeted back at us. Nicole Outlaw said that uh, she took a train from King's Cross to Edinburgh uh, at exactly Ooh. 11 a.m. Um, spent the weekend there enjoying all of the Harry Potter sites. So that's a pretty cool way to spend not just that Friday, but the entire weekend. Brandon said, I spent it at the new original Funko headquarters, got three new Pops, Newt, Dumbledore, and Snape. That's pretty cool. I would love to go there sometime. Funko headquarters. Wonder where that is. Yeah, I'm Googling it now. But go ahead. Damon uh, tweeted in to say, by working and seeing loads of awesome things people did on Twitter, credit to everyone. So... Uh, we got a few like that. I, I didn't include the uh, the ones that were a little bit more. Uh, some people said they spend it alone by themselves and um, things like that. Was anyone just like, eh, I just tweeted the hashtag, got the special Twitter emoji? Mm, <laughs> I'm sure some people did do just that, but uh, nobody that tweeted at us. 
uh, Soprano Swag 33, uh, attended a meetup with the group, quote, I left my wand in San Francisco. She lives in San Francisco. Uh, great people, great vibes, and great times. Mio did a cosplay meetup uh, where they went to the local fandom store, bought frozen yogurt, and just had a great time. Abby says, me and my brother danced around the house singing Star Kids, going back to Hogwarts. I also read <laughs> Cursed Child from cover to cover. Emily, who had a picture with uh, Chris Rankin from down in Orlando in her tweet, said, celebrated the same way you did at the amazing MuggleNet 19 years later event. Experience was once in a lifetime. I have a word from somebody who... Also had a good weekend. Actually, this was, I didn't tell you guys when this happened, but we had an invitation to a wedding last weekend. Oh, is this this the wedding that you, um, I'm sorry, the engagement that you uh, witnessed in Orlando? Uh, It's not, although that was totally a thing. Um, But no, we actually got a wedding invitation to the P.O. Box. I (laughs) uh, knew that we could not attend. Um, but it was, it's a beautiful, um, invitation. It's the, uh, platform nine and three quarters ticket, uh, you know, welcoming us, uh, or inviting us to the wedding of Jake and Brittany. Um, it's listed as an unbreakable vow and the hashtag is Accio Parks. Uh, but I looked it up on Instagram just now. The wedding went through their husband and <laughs> the wife and it was a fantastic, yeah, it's, 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 where it was looks, it? It looked, it was, it was September 3rd. It was September third, so in um, D- Jerupa Hills Country Club in Riverside, California. Um, oh, p- promptly yeah. at four p.m. I was still in Florida at the time. We could have gone. You guys, you guys yeah. could have gone because you left sh- Saturday. We could have but... flown straight from Orlando to. Is it close to Los Angeles or San Francisco? Well, we do weddings now. I don't know where Riverside is. Um, it's east of L.A. Oh. I just wanted to wish the best of Eric. Where did you get this invitation? Like I, just, you know. Before we left, months ago, within the standard time frame of when you're supposed to give get, and invitations. you're just months, telling so us months now? ago, and he's telling us now. Yeah, unbelievable. Was, well, I just didn't want you to choose this wedding over 19 years later, but <laughs> I bet he was legitimately concerned. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, all I want to say is congratulations to Jake and Brittany on their wedding. That's what they did last weekend. We should all try and top that. Um, All right. Well, I'm officially no longer going to any Harry Potter conventions that Eric really wants us to go to because he's just going <laughs> to pull a Dobby on us and hide stuff. He, he I, is, well, he's keeping the secrets is what he's doing. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm just hashtagging keeping the secrets. All guys. right. Um, well, we'll see if Irvin can top that. I'm not sure. But uh, you guys can be the judge. He says that uh, the way he spent 19 years later is a bit longer than 140 characters. Uh, my friends and I were the group that got to the trolley at King's Cross at exactly 11 a.m., so we and Warwick Davis uh, were at the center of the hoopla at platform nine and three quarters. They gave us our photos for free. Uh, we took a train out of King's Cross to a castle, Lincoln Castle, spent the afternoon freaking out the muggles there in our wizard robes. We told them we got on the wrong train. And then while returning to London, we saw that our pictures were splashed all over NBC News. I emailed the link to my mom, who promptly asked if I was having a good time in London. I didn't dine to respond. I thought the answer was self-evident. Since this was officially the end of our childhood, we decided to thoroughly destroy that childhood by playing cards against buggles into the night. That's great. And Irvin lives in New York, so that was a big trip to take wow. over to um, you know, to go over there and do that. Good for you. 
Actually, I know somebody else who went over there for 19 years later now. It's a it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. <laughs> um, by the way, Funko HQ is in Washington, Everett, Washington. So huh. I'll unfortunately probably never get there. So somebody sent me pictures of it. And Funkos. I have a, um off-the-wall news story to talk about this week. So did either of you ever dabble in the world of Harry Potter fan fiction? Briefly. No. So back in 2006, I didn't know this, by the way. This was all news to me over the past week. In 2006, this fan fiction was published called My Immortal, <laughs> uh, inspired by the Evanescence song, the, the title. And it went viral because it was so bad. It, the writing is terrible. The plot is insane. It's, it has vampires in it. And it just went viral because of how ridiculous it was. Somehow I missed this. And I think you guys did too. And Elisa, who used to run MuggleNet Fan Fiction, I do Millennial Podcast with her now, she um, didn't hear of it either, which really surprised me. But what? anyway. I, I did yeah, know right? about this. I did know about this. Oh, you did? This. Okay. Yeah. 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 S- somebody uh, th- told me that like when they were introduced to the Harry Potter fandom in 2007, My Immortal was part of their starter pack. They were like, <laughs> yeah. okay, here's the Harry Potter series, and here's the worst fan fiction to ever be written. Yeah. So the fan fiction was also interesting because we didn't know the real author behind it, and, and people were curious to know who it was because we wanted to know, like, was it a troll fic? Were they doing it just to be ridiculous, or they were just, were they just that crazy to write this? Mm-hmm. Never knew the identity until now. The woman who wrote this is publishing a memoir in spring 2018 with a big New York book publisher. Her upcoming memoir is called Under the Same Stars, The Search for My Brother, and the True Story of My Immortal. It's by Rose Christo. As it turns out, she wrote this fan fiction while she was going through the New York City foster system. And so, like I said, this is going to be published in spring 2018. And it was a big deal that her identity was revealed because this is like classic Harry Potter fan fiction. And by the way, this fan fiction is not appropriate for children. It is, there are a lot of problems with it. Not safe for work at all. But so I read it. For the, I read thirteen chapters of it yesterday. Thirteen of the forty-four chapters. Yes, <laughs> that the book. Yes, has. the first thirteen. Yeah, basically, what happened was, um, I, I, I was caught up in all the excitement. I wrote about it on Hypeable. I was like, hmm, I wonder if I should read it. So I decided to um, be goofy on Twitter, and I said, if this tweet gets one hundred likes, I will read. <laughs> my immortal <laughs> and at at recording time right now it has 359 likes which i believe means i have to read it three times you know it just means well you do have to are you gonna finish it i don't oh, so you have to. I, so i started and man i was laughing out loud reading it it is a trip it is ridiculous i started filming myself reading it and i would have put it on the MuggleCast patreon but it's so inappropriate. I don't want our younger listeners to watch that. <laughs> I put on the money on Hypable Patreons instead. And uh, I don't... Uh, Eric, did you ever read it? I did. Well, so I read bits and pieces. This is one of two 
Harry Potter fanfics I've ever really come into contact with. The other one is Harry Potter and the Psychic Serpent, I think it's called. But um, but my immortal, I was recently at a uh, Harry Potter event at Loyola University here in Chicago, and there was a room dedicated to like all night long people live reading like out loud exactly what you did andrew my immortal like it was basically like there's all this other um activity going on there's like uh butterbeer pong and uh all, all sorts of other butter sorry i said that wrong butterbeer pong and uh you know <laughs> tons of other special events but there was a room dedicated to just reading my immortal live because it's almost like it transcends the written word like it you need to experience it uh being narrated to, to you mm-hmm. because of just the way that the grammar is mangled and the way the way that it's the sentences are constructed and, and just the matter of fact like the run on sentences you just need to plow through to really appreciate the art that is underneath and so um mm. yeah it's 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 a crazy you know story i didn't realize it was 22,000 words mm. uh as the article says but um but actually i i really enjoyed there was a post on uh buzzfeed by Alana Bennett, who we uh, know, friend of the show, um, who wrote like this, sort of this deep dive into how exactly the identity was revealed because that's it's a tricky, yeah. sticky business, and it's like all of this stuff. It's like Robert Galbraith being revealed. Lawyers are involved, and it's it has to do with like patents and filing because like I think what it was is she was she had to prove to the publisher that she was the person who wrote My Immortal in order right. to like save face or make sure that she could publish this book. And in so doing one or two documents became public that, or like a screenshot of something became public, which showed her logged into an old email address, which was associated with the old, you know, like uh fanfiction.net account yeah. or, or something, but it's, all, it's it, a whole thing. It's yeah, a whole it's, thing. It's a whole thing. But anyway, I didn't want to take away from the story, but my immortal is crazy. And it is a big I, portion it, of the fandom was very was, excited. I've never heard I was, of this. Yeah. You should read it, Micah. I I wanted to make you read a sample of it here on the show, but like, there's there's not like one line that isn't wildly inappropriate. So. Gotcha. <laughs> well, it, uh, as it relates to fan fiction, though, is it normal for it to be? Would you say forty four chapters? I mean, that's that's pretty substantial writing. So here's the thing: the paragraphs are like, or sorry, the chapters are like three paragraphs. They're not. So how come you, know, you only read thirteen of them? In a day, <laughs> because I, in a day. Okay, so what happened was I was filming. You probably had other things and, to do. It's fine. Well, that and I got to this point where the plot was getting so confusing, I just gave up. I threw my hands in the air and said, <laughs> "Screw this! I can't take it anymore." <laughs> I just didn't want to waste my brain cells trying to decode 2006 My Immortals plot because <laughs> it's so absurd. You realize that once you actually finish reading it, you yourself become immortal, Andrew. Oh, okay. Well, that's the that reward case. at the end of the rainbow here. Uh, yeah. If you yeah. can make it through, you you gain like a second life. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So the, the 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 story follows Ebony. She's at Hogwarts. She's a vampire. She's an like, emo gothic chick. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of references to like Hot Topic and My Chemical Romance, and other you know emo rock bands and harry turns out to be a vampire and draco and ebony might love each other but wait a second oh my gosh harry and draco also might love each other and ebony's upset by this all this it's just 
<laughs> and characters are dying left and right. <laughs> so absurd. There's a gun. There's a gun at Hogwarts. Voldemort pops up. It's it's so it's great. I am gonna continue reading it because I gotta know what happens. <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to bring that up and I will be reading this memoir because I want to know what the hell was going on with my immortal. Well, and that's and that's the crazy part is you know this woman wrote this fan fiction. Um, it became hugely, insanely successful, and she did not capitalize on it for like eleven years. Was just like this was a cool thing that I did as a kid. Like it just you know it it, it took over, and people wanted to know. And there had been many attempts to try and find out who she was to begin with. And it's, it's all just like this great big surprise reveal. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I lost the bet. It wasn't in fact, JK Rowling, uh, who wrote it. Uh, but, uh, you know, others really, really wanted, I'm glad that, I'm glad that it was this woman. And I'm glad that there's going to be a story about it because, you know, whenever typical of, of anybody who has success at a young age and like sees it grow and sees it transform and get out of control. Um, I imagine that the insights will be quite, insightful i wonder if jk rowling's read it i hope so (laughs) all right uh michael we got some feedback about two episodes ago yeah so going all the way back to episode 334 where we talked about uh, places to live in the wizarding world and uh some of these are things that i just uh went back and and you know did a little bit of research on and others uh we did hear from listeners so the first piece was we talked a little bit about you know, where would professors live when they're not at Hogwarts, right? Right. During the uh, during the school year, and and I tried to scour Pottermore as best I could. The site's still not really working for me very well, and you know the whole explore Hogwarts thing that they released back on September first, I still can't access it. My browsers aren't working. I tried fixing it based on what they told me and it's still not working. So if anybody from Pottermore out there is listening, please stop making your products. No, no. I think they they just intentionally make things difficult to display on different devices. That's my theory. It's working fine for me. All right. Well, do a screen share at some point so I can (laughs) go to all all the uh, 100 hotspots and see if there's any new (laughs) information. Yeah, Periscope. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but the the first um, piece, just going off of uh, professors not living at Hogwarts um, during the summer months, McGonagall actually lived in Hogsmeade at one point um, with her husband, Elphinstone Urquhart. And uh, she moved to Hogwarts, though, following his untimely death. So there's a, at least an example of a professor. She worked at the ministry, we know that, prior to her teaching career, so um, likely lived somewhere in London, uh, and then, you know, moved on to Hogsmeade, and then finally made her way to living full-time at Hogwarts. That's really interesting. Mm. And Eric, I know there was a lot of talk about Hannah Abbott and, and the Leaky Cauldron. You were trying to sell that room uh, really hard uh, a couple of weeks ago <laughs> as a place to live. Um, but she was actually the landlady of the Leaky Cauldron, um, so she oh. likely got the room for her and Neville, or maybe multiple rooms for them, uh, for free, given that uh, she was the one running the place. Um, yeah. And she later applied to work at Hogwarts, uh, which it was a little bit uh, unclear as to whether or not she got the job, but it said that she did apply uh, to work there. Yeah. 
I think that's for some reason that's like the time period that J.K. Rowling's chosen to sort of stop writing the narrative for, where it's like, oh, J.K. Rowling says like she applied, but it stops there and is like, there's nothing further future. Yeah. Like that that Ginny article is the one that mentioned Neville and Hannah and where they were all currently at, where Ginny was writing from the Quidditch World Cup. Um, right. Or was it Rita Skeeter writing, but it had something to do with Ginny being like an ex Quidditch player. Anyway, whatever it was, it was set around this time where they're all living elsewhere. Gotcha. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I believe she applied for something in the, uh, medical field there. So maybe something along the lines of what, uh, Madam Pomfrey, uh, was doing. That sounds right. I uh, think she went back to school to be a healer and then applied to Hogwarts. Yeah, that's definitely definitely what I remember. So uh, one notable place, though, that we did leave out, we didn't discuss very much, places to live, would be in uh, Little Hangleton. Uh, the, <laughs> the Riddle House, complete with a uh, graveyard. And uh, I'm sure other amenities, right? Frank Bryce's old uh, stomping grounds. He's little got, coach house, little coach house. Yeah, a little and, shack uh, on the property. Yeah, 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 mansion. Uh, well, we might as well be talking about the um, Gaunt Shack then as well in Little Hangleton. Uh, through a thicket of uh, trees, the least welcoming abode you'll ever encounter. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. The Riddle House, uh, people died there, and it's a mansion oh. and all that, and that seems People died cool. in quite a few places that we've mentioned living, though. It's true. It's very, very true. Um, yeah, it's a manor just like anybody else, except muggles live there and not wizards, so it's probably less cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, definitely an oversight. Definitely worth. Yeah, up, at so least worth a mention, yeah. considering we also talked about some random places like Shell Cottage. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. Shell well, Cottage we... was iconic, though. Yeah. Thanks to. So was yeah, Little Hangleton, though. Dummy. I mean, it's where eh. Voldemort was resurrected. I'm going to yeah. find out more about uh, Big Hangleton, which is right next door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's the name of the bar in Little Hangleton? Uh, Hanged Man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, but as mentioned, we also got some feedback from listeners. Uh, Kira wrote in to say, uh, I just wanted to say hi. That's it. Uh, next email. <laughs> no, there's three more paragraphs. <laughs> no, I know. There's 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 a whole My Immortal chapter in well, this email. Uh, well, she started out by saying, I just wanted to write in to say hi. So, all right. Uh, hi. Yeah, okay. uh, I haven't been a Harry Potter fan or listener for ages uh, because I've only just discovered the Harry Potter books. Anyway, I just wanted to comment on your latest podcast. You mentioned that Snape lives in Cokeworth, and none of Mm. you seem to know where that is. That's probably accurate. Gee, Uh, I wonder where. (laughs) (laughs) Probably true. Uh, It's actually the town where Lily, Petunia, and Snape all grew up. Uh, Petunia moved because she wanted to escape the shame of her sister. Lily moved to Godric's Hollow when she married James. Snape never left. I just thought you ought to know. Uh, So to wrap up, I just want to say I love your show. And we'll be listening on my birthday, which is coincidentally September 1st. Keep up the good work, you guys, and thank you. Yeah, it's on the west side of England, it looks like. South of Wales. Cool. But uh, uh, Yes, Lily and Petunia and Snape were children together in that town. Mm-hmm. All right. Next email here. I'll take it. Go uh, I was listening to your most recent episode, 334, Back to Hogwarts. Like always, it was a very enjoyable very enjoyable to listen to. However, when discussing possible wizard places to live, I feel like you left out a great one, which is a suitcase, like Newt's. <laughs> I don't know if you only intended to include those that were in the original series, but I feel like a magical suitcase can still be a great contender. I have some pros and cons. 
um, the pros, small size, even smaller than the tent, meaning you can take it anywhere you want. In a pinch, you could sleep anywhere you want, even a train station. Hmm. No need to pay rent, mortgage, etc. Just buy the suitcase once and maintain it well. <laughs> Number three, travel is easy. Number four, if Nuke can create plenty of environments for numerous and huge magical creatures, then imagine how easy it would be to customize the inside to your liking. <laughs> Cons could be easily stolen. Yes. Imagine walking up to the spot where you left your home just to see that someone had walked off with everything you own. I mean, that basically happened in the movie. It did already. Have, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Number two, unless you're super strong or can think of the right spell, someone could possibly lock you inside your own home just by sitting on it or putting it under something heavy. Talk (laughs) about house arrest. House arrest. Number three, may not be suitable for off-sized wizards and witches and not wheelchair accessible. And number four, may not be able to withstand harsh weather. Joni, Joni, who yeah. sent this in, gets gets the spirit of what we were trying to do with the uh, places discussion yeah. in the first place. She because. should plan the discussion next time. Actually, I think she did a great <laughs> well thought out list of. Pros and I actually and cons. cut down her email. It was it was much much longer than than what's in the Word doc right now. But oh. uh, yeah, I really really thought through very well. We appreciate that, Joni. Um, yeah, and, and thank you to everybody who responded. We're going to try and incorporate um, more listener feedback regarding our main discussions back into you know future episodes via these rewind or rebuttal segments um, rebuttal. in the future. So definitely keep uh, sending that to our MuggleCast at gmail.com email address. Um, please send your wedding invitations there as well, so we will actually get them. <laughs> Whereas if they go to the PO box, Eric just holds it all hostage. Actually, I said Andrew, I'm giving you, you, I'm giving you the key to the PO box this week. I'm going to get give you. Oh, no, that's so right. You, can... you you have access now. I was going to say you should just give them. I'll your, never go. your new address so that you get them directly. <laughs> you don't have to worry about Eric, uh, you know, stashing them somewhere for months and then just yeah. surprising us after the fact. I'll be there at opening every morning, so I can beat them there. Jake so and Brittany, congratulations out. again. Sorry we didn't make your wedding, and it's my fault. <laughs> I didn't tell the guys. I would have went. I would have went. Canceled Muffin at Live. Um, no, but to, to get back to Joni's opening point, I think we did mostly focus on the Harry Potter places. We could potentially go back and look at some Fantastic Beast places as well. Right. Maybe once another movie is out. But mm-hmm. That leads us into this week's discussion, which is a talk on the magical transportation in the Wizarding World. But first... We want to tell you about this week's sponsor, Casper Mattress. Micah, how are you sleeping these days? I'm sleeping great. I'm really loving the uh, Casper Mattress. Got it a couple months ago at this point and uh, have no complaints. Yeah, they have an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. The product design features a marriage between foam layers for, for ideal firmness, just the right sink, just the right bit of bounce. It's got an affordable price because Casper sells directly to consumers. You can get free shipping and returns to the United States and Canada. And, is what I love, this is how you know they're confident about their product. 100-night free trial. No hassle returns. No hassle returns if you're not happy. They have over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars uh, based on Casper, Amazon, and Google reviews. It's quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. Uh, Mike and I both loving our mattresses. So check out casper.com slash MuggleCast. You can learn more about the mattress and use promo code MuggleCast when you order to get $50 off your order. It'll come in in, in a box that's so small for a mattress. You're going to be like, how do they do that? And you yeah. take it out and whew, 
comes to life. That's half the fun. Yeah, I think it's worth mentioning. This is a great time of year. Uh, I know a lot of people that listen to this show are, are going off to college or just settling into their dormitories and they may need a mattress and Casper provides a really great product. And I think our listeners will be very happy with what they get. Yeah, it, it's risk free. You get free delivery, free returns. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. So definitely worth the try if you're in the market for a new mattress. You are going to sleep great and be so cozy. <laughs> Again, it's casper.com slash mugglecast. Use promo code mugglecast. And thank you to Casper for their support of the show. So we're going to break down specific magical places. And then I want to grade them. And I thought <laughs> yeah. we could use the owls system, the owls grading system. So starting with outstanding would be the highest and then exceeds expectations, acceptable, poor, dreadful, or troll. <laughs> so okay. you, so how do you lay this out, Eric? Okay, so I re- remember last week uh, our fabulous guest host made us like get, give, a, give a real premise as to why we were like, were we looking for places as wizards? Were we students? Were we, you know, what's going on this week? Because it's just the three of us. I'm not going to hold us to that heaviest standard. We're going to announce them in the order in which Harry, uh, as in Harry Potter, was uh, introduced to them. Um, so we needed an order. I figured that's as good as any. The first on that list then, though, is the Hogwarts Express, the classic Hogwarts Express. Who doesn't know of it and want to what ride it? it at least to Hogwarts? <laughs> what is it? It's, you know, it's basically like a muggle train. Uh, the one in the movie is a steam-powered locomotive, and it is the transportation that takes you between London King's Cross Station and uh, Hogsmeade Village, actually. It does not go all the way to Hogwarts. It goes to Hogsmeade Village, and then uh, users have to, or students then have to take either boats or carriages. But So why isn't um, it called the Hogsmeade, Hogsmeade Express? Uh, yeah. Well, I think in, that, in those years, you'd have to consult J.K. Rowling, and this might be on Pottermore. Um, actually, it is on Pottermore. The entire history of the Hogwarts Express is on Pottermore. So I'm not even going to finish my sentence. It's on Pottermore. Go find out. Um, but uh, Okay, I'll I go imagine do that right some, now. Yeah. <laughs> you guys keep up I, with the show, okay? Well, I it, imagine does, it, has, it does sound a lot better um, being called the Hogwarts Express. It, yeah. it loses its appeal if it's called the Hogsmeade Express. Hogwarts is the destination uh, of the destination. It's like that's where it's going to even though. I don't know. As someone who grew up loving trains, I was a big fan of Thomas the Tank Engine um, mm. and just trains in general. I loved the idea of the Hogwarts Express. And it's definitely one of my favorite aspects of the Wizarding World theme park, being able to ride it and actually moving between the two parks, even though that's not a real train. But they they, could, they do a great job of faking it. Um, they do have the real Hogwarts Express at the Harry Potter Studio Tour as yep. well. That was a recent addition, which was very cool. You can even go on it, mm-hmm. which was which was a lot of fun to do. It, and, I mean, it, it really felt just like the one at Universal. So they did a really good job of cloning the original. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love this. I would, I would rank it high on my list. Um, though, you point out in the cons here that it is limited travel options. This doesn't get you anywhere you want. You're kind of stuck between... King's Cross, Hogwarts, Hogsmeade. 
Right, right, right. So the Harry Potter series was conceived on a train while J.K. Rowling was riding a train. I forget the to and fro of where she was going, but there is something magical about it for that reason as well. It's, it's, this is why Harry takes it to get, to get to Hogwarts. It's a train because J.K. Rowling herself discovered the magical world while on a train. It's the same thing. It's beautiful. But uh, ideally, or uh, sorry, um, allegedly, it only goes a couple of locations wherever the train tracks um, are already. And that's because it is basically a muggle um, means of transportation that is simply been adjusted, suited to, to fit wizards. It's not even that secure, um, if we're thinking about it. It, it can be found um, when it's in transit. Uh, Harry and Ron find it in the in the car. Um, and Dementors find it in the beginning of uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. So um, here are the pros and cons. Pros are it's eclectic, it's beautiful, it's peaceful, and lots of friends with you. Um, usually riding in this train is a signifier of great things to come, whether it's school, Christmas break, or summer vacation. But here's the cons. Limited travel options. Only seems to travel between Hogsmeade and London. Although, uh, mentioning that, other magical trains similar to the Hogwarts Express may be also found on other platforms at King's Cross Station. I believe J.K. Rowling mentioned that. So maybe if we are uh, these travelers who are trying to pick a means of magical transit, we would pick another train instead of the Hogwarts Express. But Hogwarts Express is our way of of weighing. You could take the train as a normal person. What's special about that? Well, I don't know. Um, they don't. Ouch. They all don't. They all don't have trolley ladies on them. Magical. Yeah. Well, uh, also to get to the train at King's Cross, you got to go through the wall. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I do wonder how That's secure not it is though point. when it's when it's yeah. out in the wild. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, Dementors. Is trolley lady well, also like head of security on the train? I don't know. Well, it depends. Are we talking cursed child? Or are we talking? It's canon. It's so, canon. Yes. Does she have a, uh, a, a sheriff's badge she somewhere? Might. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, mm-hmm. I did. Well, I'm just thinking it must be secure if Dumbledore was cool with Harry riding it all those years. Well, it's totally not secure though. The Dementors attack it. The Death Eaters stop yeah, it. That's true. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did. I did so, look up some some information um, on Pottermore, Eric, per your recommendation. Oh, oh that's why oh, you actually think. did. Cool. That was yeah. fast. Um, so it, apparently there were other means that were tried out by wizards and witches uh, early on to get to Hogwarts, including just flying there and, and um, using port keys. But eventually that got to be too much of a problem for various reasons. And it said a daring and controversial solution to the thorny problem was finally suggested by Minister for Magic, Adeline Gamble, who was much intrigued by muggle inventions and saw the potential in trains. Where exactly the Hogwarts Express came from has never been conclusively proven, although it is a fact that there are secret records at the Ministry of Magic detailing a massive operation involving 167 memory charms and the largest ever mass concealment charm performed in Britain. (laughs) They stole it from the muggles. I love it. Um, (laughs) And then to your point about it being a muggle form of transportation, actually early on, uh, this was a major issue for pureblood families who didn't want their children riding muggle transportation, uh, to which the ministry responded by saying that students either rode the train or did not attend the school. <laughs> mm. That was a – whatever headmaster that was was like a real firecracker like Dumbledore. You know, that's something that Dumbledore would say. Um, hopefully they weren't also assassinated. Um 
But uh, yeah, so the Hogwarts Express, what do we think as far as uh, mode of transportation? How do we feel about using muggle, uh, using dirty... I would give it and exceeds expectations, but not an outstanding due to its limited travel options. And the jury is still out on whether or not the Charlie lady is a pro or a con. Because on the one (laughs) hand, she does give out sweets. On the other hand, she'll turn into a psycho with really long nails really 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 long nails should you try to escape and i don't know i kind of just want the freedom to be able to jump off the train whenever i want (laughs) yeah that's that's true and honestly that's a benefit that we'll be weighing in some of these other travel options so i think that's fair i think exceeds expectations is 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 accurate Uh, although i would say it would probably normally be an acceptable for me if it were not for the nostalgia factor of, you know, going to school every year on this thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to probably also place it in the lower end of exceeds expectations. How about you, Micah? I probably will just give it an acceptable because it's it's a limited oh. mode of transportation. And, and yeah. you're only going to and from one place, really, at the end of the day, right? So yeah. if you're a student, then I'm sure there's a lot of... Uh, more lore than I think it depends. Like when we talked about this, when we were talking about places to live, I think it depends where you are in your, in your life. If you're a student, then yeah, if you're older, then you probably don't have any reason to take it uh, unless you're teaching at the school or you're visiting the school. Does it? Yeah. Okay. How, I wonder how I was just going to ask how often it runs, but I guess if you're just visiting the school, maybe it does run daily. I would buy a season pass. Yeah, <laughs> a park hopper pass to the. Um, I I think that uh, it it is summoned sometimes uh, from Hogwarts whenever they need to take students home early, like when the school is about to close or um, any time they go on break. The Hogwarts Express has to be summoned from London, like they get it. Mm-hmm. Um, to and and that's that's the other part is it's very logistic heavy. They can't just um, create a port key using Portis. They have to, you know probably send an owl to the conductor and schedule you know a a, a, a ride it has to yeah. physically get from london to hogsmeade to be able to you know take students from hogsmeade so uh let's bunch more moving. logistics yeah yeah but let's move on um this next mode of transit might be my favorite it's the second one that harry encounters and that's broomsticks um so here's here's the uh the little ad that i wrote up for broomstick travel do you want to have infinite control over where you're traveling? Head to the cupboard and grab your broomstick. Whether it's a Clean Sweep 7 or a Nimbus 2001 or even a Firebolt. Ooh, ah. The sky is barely the limit on your magical broom. So brooms have the unique uh, distinction of being iconic wizard uh, wear. Broomsticks go back. Broomsticks and witches and wizards go back um, as far as you can think. And um, they also happen to be very flexible in terms of where you can go to on them. Um, so, but that's, you do have to master them. You do flying them. Yes, up, up, up. So <laughs> the pros: direct control over your destination. You can avoid weather patterns that look nasty. For example, always follow the shade or the sun. Travel with birds. Go on joy rides. If you're cold, there are spells which will warm you up and make sure the ride is pleasant. And yeah, then the cons, mm-hmm. you're going to need to bring a backpack or something because there's not much storage space. Right. Mad-Eye Moody or Hagrid are shown using either alternative means or multiple brooms tied together to get cargo carried. 
also think <laughs> Eric wrote this. I think maybe uh, you're trying to apply there might be a weight limit. <laughs> if you're singling no, out Mad Eye or Hagrid, isn't am I am I wrong? Aren't there like multiple brooms tied together at one point to carry like uh, a trunk? Doesn't Mad Eye Moody use that at one point? I don't know. I can't remember. I was, pr- I was pretty sure of it. Um, apologies if that's completely incorrect, but um, yeah, I mean I'm there there isn't sure much storage space. For, there's yeah. not even a glove compartment on these things. So um, yeah. I'm imagining. See, and I need to like listen to my my iPod or something. <laughs> and with, with this is why I would never buy a motorcycle because I like to listen to my music as clear as possible while driving. And mm. uh, you could use air AirPods. Yeah, but the, still, the, the 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 all the wind around you oh, would knock them out. Oh, probably yeah. you could I put do. a spell well, on so they don't fall. That's exactly why. Yeah, like if you we were having this issue with um, our last discussion about places because when we talked about how much space they have on the inside you know like the the room with the leaky cauldron being maybe small the issue is that as wizards you can always extend them magically um so even a tent is a beautiful home but um with with that same with broomsticks here like you can warm yourself up the first thing i thought of as a con was oh my god it's freezing cold when you're at like ten thousand feet in the air but there are spells to warm you just like there are spells for anything and so i think you know a lot of the cons can be mitigated by your um intelligence and and and, and versatility uh, as far as casting spells to keep yourself warm and all of that um but i like it uh, ultimately again having complete control over your your destination and the avoiding weather patterns thing that I wrote was was very big because you remember how many times they're on the Hogwarts Express and it's raining and it's like mm. an ugly day and they're just caught in it because that's where the tracks are, you know, like for the train to go on. So with the broomstick, you can avoid all that. Really? As a kid. But you're in you're the train. You're inside. You're not getting thunderstormed on. <laughs> if you're riding it's a true. broom, you're getting. Well, there's soaked. there's umbrella spells. Um yeah. I, I'm just going to yeah. give it an acceptable. I think it's an old school means of transportation. And <laughs> there's plenty of new age stuff that we're going to talk about after this. So, okay. I would definitely love to fly around on a broom. Um, I wouldn't probably go very high, but like be cool to go across a lake or something. As a child, I think in third grade, I made my own thun- uh, I said thunderbolt, firebolt. Um, I think for class it was like an art project, and I spray painted it gold and stuff. And I I adored it. I didn't fly around on it, but and then of course we've spoken about the vibrating broomstick. Um, yeah. Don't have that yet, but maybe one day. So it could I'm, be at I'm the PO to... box, Andrew. You never know. Yeah, I guess I'll I'm go keeping check that tomorrow. to myself. You guys are not getting. <laughs> yeah, it could have been there months ago. Eric's just not telling us. Jesus. Um, I'm gonna give this exceeds expectations. That's one below outstanding. I don't know if I'm going to be able to award anything outstanding. We'll see. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm going to also give it exceeds expectations. Uh, it looks like just an ordinary broomstick, but um, what you can do with it is is fairly exceptional. So there we go. Okay. okay next, next method, flu powder, everybody. Flu powder, powder, powder. Um, this means of transportation is nearly instantaneous. So now we've really upped our games because with a broomstick, you're still looking at a couple hours in flight depending on where you're going. Um, but with flu powder, it's instantaneous. Simply step into your fireplace, throw down the powder, and declare where it is you would like to go. You will be transported via the carefully secure and safely guarded flu powder network. 
to any approved destination you can imagine. So um, flu powder is great because anyone can do it. It is uh, acceptable or kids are, are welcome. 12-year-old Harry kind of chokes up a little bit and gets into some trouble. But mostly it's fun for the and transportation for the whole family. Um, so again, the pros, fast travel times, it presumably only costs you the cost of the powder. Um, and it's safer than alternatives such as apparition or side along apparition, which we've seen time and time again, people get splinched. Um, is it safe though? I mean, Harry so easily accidentally threw off where he was supposed to go by not pronouncing. So, I mean, it is safe, but it's not, it's, you have to be very careful extremely careful i think that harry's i i don't like the only experience we have of using flu powder directly is harry screwing up and messing it up shouldn't necessarily be an indicator of how easy or not easy it is for normal people to do it because that's moving the plot along like he had to go to borgen and burks to see what the weasleys were or the lucius malfoy was up to but like i think on the whole like the way i imagine it is remember it is there's a flu network and you have to – there's a, a, an entire department at the ministry, if I'm remembering correctly, where it's the flu network uh, like registry and there's people who monitor the flu network. We're always hearing about um, fireplaces being shut off uh, or newly connected to the, to the flu network. And so it's an organization. It's basically like if you're monitoring chat rooms um, if, or, or something and you're, you're – you're, uh, or a switchboard of, of telephones and you're connecting these new lines to get to new places, there's a human connection. There's a human um, moderator. And so I, th- I think it's actually quite safe um, as a result of that. Like people, somebody should have been at the other end like a, um, a switchboard operator that when Harry stepped into the fireplace and said, um, you know, Diagon Alley or choked, somebody should have actually asked him, excuse me, did you mean this place or that place? Like, it, there should have been a little bit of more of a one-two. But like I guess Siri. The, yeah, like Siri, basically, <laughs> taking you through. That's I did my not understand, child. Interpretation, yeah. Um, Is that your final answer? Right, of how it works. Because, like, the, and the movies are, the movies do it a disservice. It's not, I mean, because in the movies, he's like, <coughs> diagonally. You know, he's like, oh, okay, that's just a direction. But, um. I don't think that was a disservice. I thought that was a good scene. Well, yeah, but if he'd just gone, <laughs> and I think ended up part somewhere. of it's actually a deleted scene, isn't it? Oh, gosh, is it? I think the, the, the scene, the, what do they call it? The Hand of Glory. Oh, yeah. Well, once he gets to Borgen and Burks, there's yeah. more to that scene. So I did, yeah, I actually sure. did some research on Pottermore, Eric, per your suggestion. Or maybe not per your suggestion for this one. I, but, I love you right now. Um, so the only licensed producer of Flu Powder uh, in Britain is Flu Pow, uh, which is a company whose headquarters is in Diagon Alley and who never <laughs> answer their front door. Huh. Um, which would make but sense. But I bet you could get to them via their fireplace. <laughs> that's, uh, I think that's the, uh, the implication there. Um, but apparently the cost of flu powder has remained the same uh, for a hundred years. It's oh, wow. two, two sickles a scoop. So it's not very expensive though. Apparently How big is a scoop. I don't, well, I don't think a scoop of ice cream. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> people have tried to Definitely. create their own. Uh, and it was said that, um, 
there is this irate healer in St. Mungo's, um, Rutherford Polk, who in 2010 said, It's two sickles a scoop, people, so stop being cheap, stop throwing powdered rune spore fangs on the fire, and stop blowing yourselves out of the chimney. If one more wizard comes in here with a burned backside, I swear I won't treat him. It's two sickles a scoop. The... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's very affordable when you think about just how far you can go with it for such a low price. Yeah. That's that's so, the name of this episode, by the way. Two sickles a scoop. Two sickles a scoop. <laughs> I okay. I love that really because um it shows that there's you know good entrepreneurs out there who want to. It's like um it's like uh what uh dollar sandwich day at Jimmy John's. Like it's just like we have this great product. We're not going to overcharge for it. They're basically charging cost. Like they're charging you at cost of what it costs to make it. And it's a proprietary formula. It's like the formula for Coca-Cola. Nobody can duplicate it. So getting to the cons, however, uh, there is something a little suspicious about it. J.K. Rowling basically uses, I think, the flu network in the Harry Potter books as a commentary on um, privacy, right? Invasion of privacy because Umbridge in particular in uh, book five is using – like the flu network, she's the only one who has a great uh, that is approved. And there seems to be some sort of ministry control over the approved spaces uh, that you can go to. And so it's sort of like the government, especially in America too, like the NSA monitoring phone calls. Surely the fact that there's this network means that you're giving some privacy up when using that network um, to to travel. It's the same as the internet too, like, you know, and the, and the phone calls we make, like there are records of that on paper. And so traveling by the, the flu network, though it's super easy potentially lets the government know what you're up to. And so it's not ideal for all, you know, destinations necessarily um, that you would want to go, depending on certain circumstances. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So if you take your broom, you can go anywhere at any time in the dead of night. No one will know. If you use the flu network, there's probably a paper trail. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, I'll give this one an outstanding I'm going to put aside the potential mistakes you can make. It's cheap. It's reliable. There is a paper trail, but that's okay. Man, I mean, a second ago you were like, I don't know if I can give anything outstanding. <laughs> it's the flu powder. Okay, I'm reflecting on it more. Um, yeah. I'll go with his uh, exceeds expectations. Oh, okay. It exceeds. A little, Ooh. A little nicer review. How about you? I, uh, I'm giving it an acceptable. Uh, it is a little dusty, a little dirty, too. I know, climbing into a chimney. Um, I just... It's... Yeah. I, well, outstanding. I just can't go there because I think there are too many security issues with it. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, what are see- you running away from, Micah? Why are you hiding? Or what? What? Well, why, just, why are you concerned I'm, about that? I'm just saying. Would you want random people showing up in your fireplace? That's hmm. true. Can you imagine what telemarketing would be like in uh <laughs> in 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 the Wizarding World? You probably have to board it up like the like the Dursleys do with the the Weasleys. We. It, it's fair. To be fair, we have seen it go wrong more than we've seen it go right. I just remembered about the Weasleys and the Dursleys, um, but obviously they weren't prepared for it. You'd hate to go somewhere and find that it had been boarded up. That would be very uncomfortable. Um, but really, honestly, the the thing is, the reason I give it an acceptable is there's just not enough uh, chimneys that are set up, hooked up to the network. It's like there's no... Um, the the infinite possibilities th- that you have on a broomstick are drastically limited by 
whatever happens to be officially set up uh, on on this. Um, it's like going on the internet, but only being able to go to government websites, mm-hmm. you know, .gov instead of it's all It's limited, the, but yeah. also I, I think there's got to be a way to prevent people from coming into your fireplace whenever you want. That's just, that would bring up huge security issues. Like accept or, or like. Maybe you you're can, like on an approved list. Mm-hmm. Like oh, like the new Amazon show, you can. That? There's this creepy feature. It's like the updated Echo Echo Show. I think it's called. Um, you can drop in on somebody else's house via video whenever you want. And you can have like an approved list of people who can drop in. That this this feature is creepy as hell. Um, yeah, but maybe if you're doing it with like a grandparent or it's probably already one, happening like, anyway though. To be honest, yeah. Well, people do it for their own cats and their own dogs and stuff to to view it, like a pet cam, yeah. type stuff, yeah, yeah. or their kids, <laughs> or, or their, ch- ah, their children. I don't know. Are children usually left alone? Like completely no, no. Alone? But if they go to daycare or nursery school, oh yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. keep moving. Yeah. All right, yeah. yeah okay, keep keep, keep, keep moving. Topic. Okay. The yeah. next one is sort of a one off, but it's important to mention because it is uh, big to Harry. The flying car. Um, Here's the intro. Looking to escape the dreaded Dursleys who are ruining your summer vacay? Look no further than this light blue dream. Here to take you away to friends and family. Um, Cool things about the flying car. It's bigger on the inside and it flies. Um, But the cons are it's a breach of the statute of secrecy. There's probably a hundred laws against it existing. It's not street legal and it's also not fully invisible, although it succeeds as a means for transportation when you're getting somewhere and looks pretty cool. Hey, we're flying in a car right now. Um, it's not really thought out or altogether very safe. And unfortunately, as another con, it I believe it's gained sentience since the last time we saw it. So it has a mind of its own and may not agree with you. And it gets tired uh, as well and is moody. So it it gets from point A to point B, but it is pretty run down. And we mm-hmm. see it sputtering and struggling a lot. Um, also worth noting that this is the one this is one wizard technology that actually maybe could be in the muggle world one day. Flying cars. We always saw it on the Jetsons growing up, and Back there's always the been these dreams of flying cars. Now it looks like self-driving cars will probably be the thing over flying cars. But who knows? Maybe one day we will be in flying cars. Um, I'm gonna. I I this this just has way too many problems. Security, unreliability, breaking laws. Yeah, troll. I'm giving it a troll. The lowest. I'd love to see, okay. Yeah. I'd love to see what a poor and dreadful looks like. I'm gonna give it a. Um, I'm gonna give it a uh, acceptable. I think if you use it smart and use it sparingly and only in the countryside, you can make it work. It's yeah. it's cute, I, but mostly out of my love for Arthur Weasley. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, for my guy Arthur Weasley, that that would be the only thing that saves it from a troll. So I'll I'll just go at poor. Leave it there. Poor. Okay. Okay. <laughs> is that because of Arthur Weasley? Yeah, uh, 100%. <laughs> Just it, like Arthur, it, it, poor. That was, a, that was a Weasley's poor joke. That was what it was. <laughs> oh, is it? Uh, that that was not my intent, but... No, 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 no. I, it's, I think we all That's understand. harsh, man. Yeah, yeah. Next um, up is the port key, yes. seen in many books. Um, we also just mentioned it while talking about the Hogwarts Express, because people used to take port keys over into Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Um. How do you sell this, Eric? Uh, so 
there seems to be a great deal of distance that you can uh, accomplish. So uh, here, here's the ad. Do you have an appointment on the other side of the world? Fear not. Just arrange a port key to assist you on your journey. Um, this is what we know about port keys, and this is mostly in Goblet of Fire, um, that they're able to travel great distances and even sort of your random off distances. So unlike the flu network, which you need a chimney, you need to hook it up to the network and there's probably a lot of paperwork. Port keys seem to have a little bit more flexibility. It's the method of transit that the Weasleys uh, choose to get to the Quidditch World Cup, which is in a very random location, just, you know, and, and, and basically in a field somewhere next to the hill where the field is where they actually have to have the cup. Anyway, infinitely customizable destinations over great distances. And again, unlike broomsticks it's and, and, and trains, it's instantaneous. So there are some pros here, um, ultimately. Mass travel, uh, However, too. what's that? I don't know, you may have touched on it, but I was saying... It's it's an opportunity for multiple people to travel as well. Yeah, that's and 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 definitely when we get into apparition, that becomes a huge sticking point, which is large large groups. Um, so the port keys, and I think there's use of a port key in Cursed Child too, isn't there? I think oh. so. A couple of people grab onto it. I think at one point it's it might be at the towards the end in Godric's Hollow or something. Um, but yeah, multiple multiple groups. So that's a it's a good point, Micah. Um, big groups of people can travel to the same destination quickly. So that's the pro. Here's the con, though. And this is really this can really be a con for almost every means of transport that Harry himself experiences. He, he always describes the sensation as being uncomfortable. Um, mm. You know, part of it is, I think, J.K. Rowling describing something that is not a natural state or natural phenomenon. But port keys, using a port key feels like you're being pulled at the navel at the belly button you know in a direction like an arbitrary just woof out your direction wind knocked out of you really kind of not a comfortable means of transit um you're you're sort of you're accelerating it's not the same as just simply popping out and popping in somewhere um although neither is apparition there is a see it in the movie how painful it is don't we and i think it's described in the book as well so yeah i mean fred and george love it but fred and george would it's gonna get a lower grade from me due to the pain of it but i do love the idea of like these unassuming objects in the case of getting to the triwizard tournament kind of just like sitting on a field and you can transfer to them like a boot or a hat. Yeah. yeah. It is it is very cool muggle or sorry, wizard uh technology. I uh I would give it I'm giving it an acceptable. Cause I do like that you can get anywhere fast, but and I mean you can set up an impressive port key network. So you, you could, could get wherever you want. It's weird because we see the spell to do it is just portis, but there's also some kind of um, time window in which that you have to use it. So it's as a con, it's also possibly that if you're running late, you miss your port key. Um, so there is sort of that issue built into it. Um, due to the physical disorientation, uh, I'm going to rate it probably at an acceptable um, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. And then there's also... You mentioned the fact that these are random objects, but they can also be um, taken for a piece of 
Unimportant Debris by Muggle Passerbys. And Eric, per your recommendation, I looked up on Pottermore um, this, <laughs> this <laughs> write-up. just trolling me. This write-up on Portkeys, and, and there's actually a really funny uh, incident that's described here. It says, Accidents have occurred. Uh, two Muggle dog walkers found themselves accidentally transported to a Celestina Warbeck concert in 2003 because their dogs had run off with an old trainer on Clampham Common, leaving an anguished crowd of witches and wizards to look frantically for their portkey on a stretch of empty grass, hopefully seizing old crisp packets and cigarette ends. Uh, one of the muggle dog walkers was even invited on stage by Celestina to perform a duet of A Cauldron Full of Hot Strong Love. That guy just had like the best night of his life. <laughs> um, Too bad they're going to have to Apparently, he did go on to write a muggle song that was very similar to Celestina's big hit and that really oh, pissed her off so great um, these are the problems that one has when using port keys uh, so i will grade it an acceptable as well okay next up apparition apparition okay here we go need to be somewhere in a hurry just apparate take your transportation into your own highly capable hands grab just gather the three d's and be on your merry way um here are the pros it's instantaneous you can travel anywhere although it is understood that smaller distances shorter distances are easier um newt scamander for instance uh, takes a boat to cross the atlantic because apparating over long distances as jk rowling says is actually really tough and further cons are that it is uncomfortable again there's the u word from harry um he describes it as being squeezed infinitely like super small and even when side-along apparating, which is Dumbledore takes the reins, it's still, it's just not a good feeling. It's just, ugh. Yeah. You're, you're In squeezing the books, yourself. Harry describes it as being forced through a very tight rubber tube. Yeah. Oof. Uh, if you do it every day, like many ministry, government officials, and a bunch of others uh, do just apparate to work, uh, I'm sure you get used to the feeling. And again, you know, being a 16-year-old, maybe it's just, new and unusual and so it gets a bad rap but if you can get over the discomfort it seems to be a, a pretty decent way of getting somewhere because it's instantaneous but then there's also the idea that if you are not gathering all of the three d's destination deliberation determination if you slip up or haven't had your morning coffee um you can drastically injure yourself you <laughs> splinching which we've seen in the books time and again is real and appears to be very, 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 very painful. Um, and, and there are limits to apparition. Yeah. It. So there is, I mean, you can go far, but the further you go, the more difficult it gets. So there's that as well. Yeah. Um, I do think, uh, assuming that I would master apparition, um, I'm going to give it an outstanding just because it doesn't require anything extra you don't need to have a port key in place you don't need to have flu powder in your pocket you can just go anywhere anytime so so assuming i'm good at it <laughs> outstanding that's fair huh exceeds so you've rated yeah exceeds mm -hmm. that would be my uh, rating for it yeah i'm gonna give it acceptable i find the distance to be limiting 
uh, to be honest. I because because again, loving travel as I do, I would often like if I can travel, I'd go to other countries across continents, and I simply couldn't accomplish that through apparating alone. So I would have to resort to flu powder or broomsticks or some other magical means. Um, so it only gets acceptable. That's fair. And uh, so let's get to um, just the other. Oh, where did my honorable mentions go? Are they gone? At the bottom. Oh, okay. Here are some honorable mentions. Let's just really quick, we'll go through um, what they are uh, and how they're cool. Although, actually, I guess I have one more thing here, which is the, the on the back of a magical beast. So here's uh, a transportation we do see Harry use a couple of times. You can ride dragons, hippogriffs, or thestrals to get places. Do we have any particular feelings on... This, um, obviously, we're friendly with the beast. We've bowed to the hippogriff. He has consented to let us on, uh, as have the Thestrals. In the case of the dragon, maybe if you're uh, Charlie Weasley, um, he can ride them. Do we have an opinion on whether this is a good or poor means of transit? I think it's acceptable. Well, I assume Game of Thrones fans would love <laughs> the idea of riding a dragon. Yeah. Uh, it's, it doesn't seem as pleasant in Harry Potter, because it seems to be only used for, you know escaping out of Gringotts or I think getting that was the really ministry. the only main one. Yeah, yeah. get into the ministry. Yeah. So, um, but I think it would be cool as hell to ride a beast yeah. so long as it wasn't going to kill me. It'd be scary, but it, I think it'd be, you get the same thrill as you would like jumping out of a plane. Yeah. Uh, parachuting. That's a really I, good I, point, actually. It'd be fun to try once, I think, and then maybe not again. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, okay, so before we do the honorable mentions, let's just pick what – now that we've gone through them, um, again, the options were Hogwarts Express, Broomstick, Flu Powder, Flying Car, Portkey, and Apparition, and the Back of a Magical Beast. What do we think we would choose for our one you know, preferred means of transit? Oh, man. I think the Broomstick. Apparition, Micah? Yep broomstick andrew i'm i'm definitely also a broomstick i think really you can't who 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 can beat it it's classic and you can go classic. as far as you like i presume presuming you can bring provisions for the week it'll take you to cross the atlantic uh you could absolutely um do that as well so. plus you can clean with it and i love cleaning so <laughs> multifunctional there you go oh my gosh uh so broomsticks multi-purpose here, I would have to have a seat on it, though. Yeah. Oh, definitely. There are there are definitely like built-in seats that you can that you can modify your broomstick. I think that's what we've seen Mad Eye do too. But um, okay, here are the honorable mentions. So occasionally there are these souped-up other modes of transit, um, including the Durmstrang ship, which travels, I think, under the earth, basically, or maybe they maybe the lakes do have to be connected. But I got the distinct impression that maybe that ship can apparate uh, or travel through some sort of underwater portal system. Um, term strength ship. The Bobaton's carriage. Uh, again, flying beasts and um, the giant horses that carry the the entire um, school of champions to Hogwarts um, is real exciting and beautiful and majestic and certainly unique to um, that school. Then there is the night bus, which maybe we should have given more of a fair shake, but like anything, it's characterized by being uncomfortable because Harry rides in it. Well, and 
the and it movie stops also, more places than the Hogwarts Express does, to be fair. It does, doesn't it? You can presumably get anywhere because it will move aside buildings and mailboxes and passersby to get there. So it is very flexible. It might be like a middle option um, for people traveling around maybe just that country. Although I think there's also an article on Pottermore about the night bus that say you can go to like, the bottom of the lake. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, I think we should, probably should have given it a fair shake. That's on me. Um, but while while Micah finds the night bus stuff, there's also Sirius's motorbike, which is really cool. Obviously, we love it. It's from Sirius. We see it in Chapter 1 of Book 1. And it's, but like the flying car, it's probably not legal. It's certainly not invisible and it has its, its own limits. Um, much like a broomstick or the flying car. So there's that. And, um, I think other than that, uh, the boats that take you from the Hogsmeade to Hogwarts, if you're oh, a first those year. Don't count. Ah, those, those don't, don't count. count. Okay. It was an honorable mention. So dishonorable well, mention. What's this one? This hmm. last one, flying carpet. So this a this a big this is deal not actually. Uh, no, 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 no. It's totally Harry Potter in book four during the Quidditch World Cup. We are privy to a conversation that Arthur Weasley has with one of his fellow government officials, and they are complaining that this gentleman is trying to smuggle flying carpets in. Um, Ali Bashir is on the warpath. He wants a word with you about your embargo on flying carpets. Basically, um, Mr. Weasley's impression is that uh, flying carpets will never catch on in England. People prefer broomsticks, but apparently they're very big in uh, Asia and India. So Hmm. that's what people use as an alternative to broomsticks. And the theory, I think, is that um, you can take your whole family – it seats on a magic carpet ride. <laughs> oh, new Hogwarts. Ludo Bagman says, uh, well, they'll never replace brooms in Britain, will they? Ali thinks there's a niche in the market for a family vehicle. I remember my grandfather had an Axminster that could seat 12, but that was before carpets were banned. So <clears throat> just right. to go back to the night bus very quickly. Yep. Um, There was a need for some form of transportation that could be used safely and discreetly by the underage or the infirm. And um, Minister for Magic Dougald McPhail uh, hit upon the idea of imitating the Muggles' relatively new bus service. And in 1865, the night bus hit the streets. 18, Hmm. yeah, literally hit the streets. I imagine a big bang. Um, Again, very uncomfortable. But I think that that is... Pretty cool. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our discussion on magical transportation. It was fun. Send in some emails if you got any reactions or call our voicemail line. Um, The wizarding, the various forms of magical transportation are definitely very fascinating, just like with every other element in the Harry Potter series. J.K. Rowling did a really great job dreaming up lots of different methods. Um. Although I do prefer the broomstick, Hogwarts the Hogwarts Express will always have my heart. That's Aww. that's always something when I look at merchandise in the Wizarding World parks. I look at the Hogwarts Express stuff because I just love trains. Aww. All right. So we have a couple of voicemails to play before we wrap up today's episode. I'm just going to take the three most recent ones. They were all solid. Here we go. 
Hi, MogulCast. My name is Paige. I'm from Long Island, New York. I just wanted to thank you guys. Um, I'm from New York, but I go to school in Philly, and your podcasts have really helped me through several scenic drives through New Jersey to get to Philadelphia. Um, I just wanted to share one of my favorite MogulCast memories. It was back in either... I think 2013 or 2014 when you guys were announcing that you weren't ending the show, but you were going to have fewer um, episodes in the upcoming years. And then I think like a day or two later, Fantastic Beasts was announced that they were making the movie. So you guys are back. Um, again, thanks so much. And keep doing what you're doing. It's great. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you. And yeah, that was funny when we were like, we're over, guys. Peace out. And then three days later, Warner Brothers announces Harry Potter spinoff series with J.K. Rowling writing the whole thing. <laughs> it's three films. J.K., it's five films. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I'm glad we're keeping you busy on your scenic New Jersey drives. I didn't know you could use the word scenics and New Jersey in the same sentence, but... You learn something new about your home state every day. I grew up there. I'm allowed to insult New Jersey. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Here's our next one. This is a follow-up voicemail. How about it, fellas? Uh, Don't know if y'all really care much, but it looks like we're taking a honeymoon down to Universal because... Looks like they're going to be having some Death Eater and Giant activity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the park might be messed up. Uh, hopefully everybody that is going to be down there will be all right. And hopefully it won't get them too bad. But you feel us have a good one? Yeah, stay safe up there. Yes. Bye. So this is the guy who called in a couple of weeks oh, wow. ago saying he was going down there for his honeymoon and he was missing us by a week. And now he's not going because uh, the, the Death Eaters are going to screw up the that Southern now. Hagrid? That's that's no. that's smart though because I I gotta say like yesterday people were messing I saw on Facebook like twenty minute wait times on Peter Pan in in the Disney park and like I'm in, down in Florida and I'm like well yeah yeah I guess you can get onto all the rides really easily because nobody's down there but the reason nobody's down there is because it's being evacuated and there's a giant storm coming look I I just want people to be safe during this time and be smart about it I feel very bad for the park employees who are having to work in it that's just my working the politics yeah well so anyway just I I hope everybody's very safe and is 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 not putting themselves at undue risk like this gentleman caller yeah, well, that was smart to not go, and uh, I hope the dragon's okay. You know, he's high up in the air. I hit Diagon Alley. Yeah. I, uh, I hope he's all right. Is he going to keep breathing fire through the hurricane, I wonder? I don't know. if they. I, I really don't know. And speaking of the theme park, here's one more. Hey, MuggleCast. Jason here from Orlando. Love you guys. Um, I'm actually about to walk into work. At uh, Diagonelli. Oh, so uh, I just, you know, was listening to guys on the way into work and wanted to call and ask you a question. HBO has greenlit a Game of Thrones esque Harry Potter. This is a hypothetical, by the way. Show. Uh, what do you guys want it to be about? I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas. I love you guys. Have a great time talking this out, and I can't wait to hear this and more topics on the podcast 
Have a great day, guys. Bye. So I uh, hope you're okay, Jason, as well. Not working today. This is a voicemail from a week ago. Oh, thank God. But I defer to you guys because you two watch Game of Thrones. You're big fans, also big Harry Potter fans. Would you like to see HBO do a Game of Thrones style Harry Potter series? What would you like that to be? Like a, a different aspect of the Wizarding World or maybe a sort of reboot of the Harry Potter stories? You know, a reboot adaptation. Micah, what do you think? We could definitely end up doing Cursed Child. I think that probably falls within the uh, the Game of Thrones uh, universe in terms of content. But mm. what? Why do you say that? Uh, just some of the things that take place in Cursed Child. I think um, maybe would fall in line with with Game of Thrones. But there there is a big difference. I just in ga- the, yeah. I on. just don't. I, I, it's a good question. I I just don't want to see like a spinoff. I don't want to see like you know. Harry Potter go rogue and you know I don't know because when you think of Game of Thrones you think of NSFW right yeah you think of Mm. sex and violence and um, you know there's there's definitely a a fantasy element to it unlike anything I mean I maybe that's more more so the question and you know because if you watch Game of Thrones it's it's really produced as if it's you know, a, a full-length film in terms of the, the the budget that goes into it and the the production value. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm sure there are things, given the fact that the, the the Potter movies started all the way back in in 2001, that uh, you know could be enhanced and and could feel a lot different. But I don't know. I I, I don't. I wouldn't want something. I don't think you need to cross over. I don't think you need to make something. I don't think you need to make Potter something it's not. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the question, because if you take out all the not safe for work stuff, you have a fantasy story that's, they're great books. Um, the Game of Thrones books are, you know, Song of Ice and Fire books are, are great books. And if you, I think in terms of like HBO green lighting, a series that is just going to treat it real, like is going to treat it as if it's real, which is ultimately what they're doing with Game of Thrones is, you know, whatever's written is being treated as though it really happened. And so for a Harry Potter series, if they make one, I just want it to be, you know, slow, slow building like um, the first seasons of Game of Thrones are and basically having like all of the elements, all of the plot details that, they get right because they have 10 hours, you know, per season instead of two per book um, to to really get right on screen. I would watch a seven season um, story of, you know, with yeah. actors that grow and age much like the Stark children have grown and aged on Game of Thrones uh, set at Hogwarts. And but I would want them to be very much the most authentically accurate um, adaptations uh, that you could that you could muster. Maybe, in fact, for that reason, season five is twice as long because the book sure as hell is twice as. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I think yeah, that's like, fair. I, I do. Yeah. I, I think looking at it from that perspective, if you were going to really slow build the series from you know, what would be season one in Sorcerer's Stone, and you have ten hours to do that, as opposed to like you said, the two that they that they used um, for for the movie. 
Uh, I could see that because there's a lot of material there that that obviously wasn't covered because there's only so much that you can do, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in 120 minutes. It's, it's not a lot of ground that you're able to cover. You're able to tell the main story, but there's obviously little things that, you know, you could see manifesting themselves and, and playing out over the course of multiple seasons uh, like they do uh, in the actual books. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, is I feel like season seven in particular of Game of Thrones, the, the, it's all over the place in terms of timing and it, it moves very quickly. And I think, you know, they're just in a position where they're looking to put a bow around this and, and wrap it up. Uh, and they're not really taking advantage of the full story. And that may be because the full story hasn't been finished by the author. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, I would hate to get to either half blood Prince or deathly hallows and feel like, okay, we need to get to the end. You know, we, 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 we just need to get there because yeah. of, of any number of reasons. And I feel like that, that is what's happening with game of Thrones. That's a good point. I was also just kind of picturing like if HBO were to take it on, just do something grittier than the movies were maybe more geared to adults or there is a little more romance which okay maybe that's not completely canon but just maybe focusing on that aspect a little more and um how how this how Voldemort and his you know the trouble that he's causing is affecting people on a personal level I'm just just Picturing something overall much grittier, I guess, especially with the earlier books, because those movies were lighter and more whimsical. I would argue that I'd love to see a series stay lighter longer. Um, you know, really? book, book, yeah, because I, I think this is not going to be my rant about Prisoner of Azkaban, the movie, but I, which I have given often, but I think that, um, Maybe the Harry Potter films did get too dark too soon because I still find book three to be very much a love fest, very much like a Columbus-y, you know, Harry discovers his family. Harry discovers his past and his history, that he is loved, that his parents have best friends from childhood that have his interests at heart and the very best teacher as well uh, of it all, Lupin. And the movie, I think does miss a crucial point in finding that love uh, in favor of showcasing the more odds and ends. Isn't this world weird? Isn't the night bus awkward? Isn't Tom the bartender a goon kind of weird stuff? And I just don't think the love is there. So I would at least like the first three seasons to be very much packing the emotional like wait so that the back half of the series can really relish in the darkness and the terror of Voldemort. I would want it to stay longer for at least, you know, uh, I would want it to stay lighter for, for at least book three, because book three is and again, in my mind being done a disservice to in, in the movie. And, and there's a lot of really heartfelt stuff that should be addressed in that book. And then, of course, yeah, the the biggest asp- the biggest benefit of moving it to television is you have more time to tell a story. That's the whole thing. I that mean, there's be... light and darkness. I mean, book two is essentially a a, a horror um, book. You know, there's yeah. this crazy monster killing everybody. I think, given the long format of a TV series and done properly with a good budget, by people who care like as if it were as like Game of Thrones on HBO you'd be able to really f- strike that balance between the dark and the light and between the mm-hmm. emotion and the terror and the, you know, it would just be done better when given more time. 
All right. Well, we will wrap up today's episode there. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode. A couple of reminders. You can, we would uh, love your support over on patreon.com slash mugglecast. You'll get lots of benefits once pledging. You'll get bonus videos. We posted something uh, from mm. Orlando. I uh, uh, just posted that the other day. We have bonus MuggleCast installments. We've got signed album art for you. Uh, lots more over at patreon.com slash MuggleCast. And your support keeps the show going. Uh, our P.O. Box is MuggleCast 404, 404 North Lincoln Avenue, Box 144, Chicago IL 60618. Yep. You can call into our voicemail line. It's in America, one nine two zero three Muggle. That's one nine two zero three six eight four four five three. We have many more voicemails to catch up on. We will get to those in the weeks ahead. And of course, our email is MuggleCast at gmail dot com. I think that does it for this week's episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Micah. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.